Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. show with um normally i start the show with just just the first verse of a song but today i want to play that whole song kenneth whalen featuring big crit might not be okay i'm dedicating this whole episode to george floyd rest in peace george floyd i'm gonna get right to it man i'm calling uh d'angelo we're gonna get his perspective on everything i know everybody knows about the george floyd situation uh what's going on so I don't think I need to do too much recapping for you guys. For those who don't know, a uh, young man, brother in his 40s, I believe, was strangled to death, murdered by a police officer by the name of Derek Chauvin. Uh, a lot of unrest in this country, a lot of rioting, protesting, some of it peaceful, some of it not. We're going to get to all of it. I have a whole bunch of topics, a lot that I want to discuss. 
I thought I thought it was only fitting though that I have somebody on to discuss with me. I thought about doing this one solo, but it just felt like this is not this is not a solo episode. So I'm calling D'Angelo. Yo. What up? What up? D'Angelo is in the building. What's happening? You already know what it is. Another late night episode of Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. Um, just pretty much started the show. I played uh, Kenneth Whalem featuring Big Crit. Might not be okay. Thought that was a very fitting song for just just for this show and what I'm trying to uh, talk about today. So or tonight. And I, I I thought about doing a solo episode on Sunday, and and something just didn't feel right about solo. So I, I told myself I need somebody. To kind of go back and forth with somebody to discuss this with. All right. Uh, asked my boy Mark. He said he wasn't up to it. He wasn't. He didn't have the right words to talk about this. He didn't want to say nothing crazy. Uh, so you were the next one I thought about because I said, you know what, D'Angelo, he always gives a different perspective. Um, I feel like you you'll bring something different to this episode, and All we'll right. have a good dialogue. So, like I said, you were the next in line and. I have a whole bunch of topics, man. I've been writing down stuff all week. Uh, I you, said I saw when I got that message. I said, "Oh, Jared, trying to set me up." Well, you know what's we, <laughs> you know what's pretty crazy about this is when 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 this podcast first started, the biggest thing that was going on in the country at that time was the Gina Six, and uh, we we discussed that. So it's just uh, kind of coming full circle to where we're back talking about the same type of stuff going on in in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I gave a a brief breakdown of what happened with with George Floyd. I feel like at this point everybody knows the story, so yeah. I, I don't need to go too in detail. You know, he was basically choked out by a police officer. He was murdered on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my biggest question at this point is why does this keep happening? Like why? It, like I said, we we talked about the Gina Six back in two thousand. What was that? Two thousand seven. And here we are in 2020, man, still talking about injustices, black people not being treated right. So why do you think this is still happening today? You know, I, I, I can't say. I don't know why. I don't think it's happening any more or any less than it's always been happening. I just think that right now everybody's so on edge and social media is so readily available that it's just incredibly visible everywhere, you know? I think even, like, through this and, and like, COVID-19, I think people are really losing perspective on how massive our country really is. And we talk about 350 million people as a population. You know, we, we see an incident once a month, once a week, once every time. You know, there's incidents going on probably simultaneously all over the country. But social media is just now making it to where we are. They're, they're all visible all at the same time, you know. So it just seems like, you know, we're, we're just more aware of it. But I don't think it's happening any more or any less. I don't really know what the answer is to stop it. Like, I, I, I struggle with this internally myself, just trying to figure out, like, if this dude is responding to a 911 call or a dispatch call, what would make him turn aggressive or violent in that instant you know that's the part that's that that's really weird well you know we, i can't imagine that this many police officers go to work and turn instantly violent on a, a dispatch call you know what i mean 
Yeah, in, in the defense of, of the officer or whoever is listening, we, we probably don't know the full story. Um, I feel like we've seen enough to kind of know what happened. But you know how the media is. I guarantee there's going to be little pieces here and there leaking out over the next couple of weeks. But there's nothing I've seen so far that would even justify yeah, he, brutality, he, let alone he, murder. Yeah, he took it way too far. Yeah. and um, the, I don't, What's the answer to stop it is I don't know. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I've been reading so many different articles about this, and these dudes kind of knew each other. I don't know if yeah, you read that. that. I heard that. Yeah, they work at the same like nightclub. Yeah, they um, used to work. Security. So I wonder if there was some type of anger from back then that this officer still had towards this man. And I wonder if no. some of that played a part in it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I know what you're saying about like it's, it's still happening the same. But I guess my question is with all of the spotlight we've been putting on this stuff over the years you would think these police officers would know, yo, we got to kind of fall back and, and watch how we treat these guys when we're arresting them. And it just seems like they're still being super aggressive with it. Yeah. And, and that's the part I'm not understanding why they haven't changed some of those tactics. Do you think people are becoming more militant as well though? Uh, officers or are you talking about the civilians? Civilians. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, so people are becoming more militant, you know. I don't feel like what he do, was militant, though. Do? This guy, if you watch his videos um, from just how he was as a person, they've shown him, like, talking about telling the kids not to not to act a certain way and, you know, to be respectful and just don't be thugs and all that. Like, he was pretty much how, how our OGs are with us when we were younger, how we are with these kids now, and kind of just telling them, hey, you guys don't need to act like that. You know, put the guns down. Stop the violence. Like, it just seemed like he wasn't that type of person that would incite all of that from that officer. Yeah. And that's that's the part that is hard, is is just making it harder. Because, you know, whenever there's something like this, people always try to find a reason. Like, well, maybe this person acted this way, or maybe he was something like this. Like, maybe he was violent and all this. And from what I understand, this guy, um, George Floyd, he did have a past. I haven't heard too much about what the past was, but I know Steven Jackson has talked about it. And I think even George Floyd talked about it in the videos I saw where, yeah, I was acting wild when I was younger, but I've kind of turned my life around. And now, yeah. you know, to see it come to this is is kind of heartbreaking, man. Well, not kind of. It is heartbreaking. You know, uh, you know. It's you know what's crazy is that even though this cop was completely in the wrong, the one that was on his neck, yeah. I place less blame on him than I do with the three other cops that was with him yeah. that didn't that didn't like tap him on the shoulder and be like, yo, chill out. You know what I mean? I think they are more, especially the one cop that was just standing there. Yeah, the he, Asian cop. Yeah, yeah. He was one hundred percent the worst guy there to me. He was standing there when they put him in the van too and did whatever they did that we couldn't really see. Yeah. He he was the worst guy because he had the ability to say, yo, chill, you're going too far. And he didn't do it. Yeah, you know he, I mean? he was like the lookout guy. Right. But um the other two, I don't know if you saw the other pictures where the other two cops are on him too. They got their knees yeah. on him too. Yeah. So I feel like they might have been part of the reason he was murdered. Like that might have had something to do with all that body weight being on top of him, maybe that had something to do with the breathing. That's possible, for sure. 
I'm not a doctor, I, but you know, you got somebody on your neck, you got some people on your back and all that. Like I'm sure it, it plays a part somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, well, we did kind of talk about you, you agree that the other three should be, should be arrested, should be charged. Or do you, what do you think their, their role or their consequences should be? You know, they definitely shouldn't be out on the street in uniform. Okay. I, that's a, t- that's a tough one. It, I, I blame them cause they didn't stop it when it was going too far, you know, but at the same time, there's the guy standing in the street physically on the man. I don't, I don't know. How do you place that blame? All of them. I think it's it's if you see a crime, what like Plies said the other day, like if if this was a car full of dudes and they're committing a crime, they're all gonna get charged because you were part of the crime. So I think that's the way people want it to go. I don't know if it will go like that. I think they definitely will be arrested because at this point, there's too much public pressure. Even if they're gonna re- let them go later or not charge them too much, I believe they will be arrested just to kind of calm the tensions. But yeah. personally, I think they should be charged. Um, I would, I don't know. I don't know what the laws are or what you can really charge them with. I guess accessorizing. Is that what it is? Or aiding and abetting? I don't know what it means, but something like that. But, but so, so that's a good point. So there would be an accessory, right? There are accessories to that, but could you, I mean, we're talking about four people that are at work. They're on the job. You know what I'm saying? They're responding to a dispatch call. And now you're saying they're accessory to a crime, you know, so they, I, that's weird. I, that's weird to even think about. What if you were called in to go to work and then were charged because somebody you were with did something, you know what I mean? Like I said, though, they're on top of him, too. So what we don't know what role their body weight might have played into that. And then the fact that they saw him on the neck and nobody did anything to stop it. I mean. I feel like yeah. you're partly responsible. You just said you thought they were more responsible than the guy who actually did it. That, yeah, yes, but you're talking jail now. You're talking well. That's go down that's for a crime. That's a consequence to you know when you, when you're responsible for something. That's one of the consequences. Mm, they, I think they're definitely responsible, but I, I, do they are they all criminals? Is the question. I don't know. I'm not. Look, I'm not one of those. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Hang them, throw them, death penalty, and all that." I'm not a death penalty guy. I'm never going to fight for the death penalty. I don't believe in the death penalty. So I'm not going to go to that extreme. I, I think Chauvin, Derek Chauvin should probably be getting a higher sentence than the 25 years. That is the max he can get with this third degree murder charge. Um, you, he, there's, you said more than 25 years. I would give him more than 25. Yeah. I would give him an opportunity for parole, but I would definitely, I don't think 25 should be the max. I think you should go, you should shoot harder shoot for something higher and then you know if it goes lower it does but if they're ma- if the 25 is the max you can get for third degree murder I'm not even sure he'll end up with 25 like I don't know if he'll get that full sentence I don't know man a lot of cities are on fire right now yeah man yeah uh <laughs> yeah uh that's a tough this is a tough one I mean the, I got a question though real quick do you all in the wrong do you think that Derek Chauvin would have been arrested without the protests that are going on right now. Because I feel like the protests played a big role in him getting arrested. The video did too. But I think the protests, because uh, what he was arrested, what, Saturday, I believe? Was it Friday? Yeah, it was, like a week, it was like a week later. Yeah. 
So yeah, it happened. It happened during the week, I believe, and then. Now it was it was less than a week when he was arrested, but I just think because of the protest that it picked up steam. I believe yeah. that. I believe. I don't think. I don't think no police officer goes to jail or gets arrested without the the uh, public's push. Yeah, definitely the person recorded. I've seen a lot of people, you know, complaining about why did you record it? Why weren't you there helping? I would have. I would have attacked the police. Like just a lot of fictional stuff that people know damn well they wouldn't have done because right. one you would have probably gotten shot or you would have been on the ground being choked too so it bothers me when people keep saying all that stuff kind of blaming the people who are standing there like they're armed you're not like there's only so much you can do in that situation you know we was talking about that me and my homeboys out here uh because you know uh illinois now is a concealed carry state i don't know about florida oh come on bro. Uh, you know you, you, <laughs> you guys concealed. i know I know you guys got to stand your ground for sure, but you know, for the concealed carry, you know, laws out here, it's one of those, that if you're in imminent danger or if you're in the presence of somebody who is in imminent danger, you, you kind of have the ability to use lethal force. Right. And I asked, you know, I got a couple of friends that, you know, that are concealed carry elders, like, well, what if you see a person who's in imminent danger being caused by a police officer, do you still shoot? You know, Hmm. Uh, I heard people saying that if they had their guns, they would shoot. I think, man, I think it's all a bunch of BS. I don't think anybody would have done anything. Definitely not shooting. I, I mean, we all would have yelled and cursed them out. Like, that's pretty much as much as you're going to be able to do when there's four policemen, one standing guard just kind of waiting for somebody to do something. You know the best answer I heard somebody say? They said, I would have called 911. I would have called 911 and I would have reported what they were doing at that moment. Maybe that would have made them stop. Maybe it would have made them think about it a little more. He would have got up off his neck maybe, but I probably would have called 911 and I would have said, look, I believe there's excessive force being used right now. Can y'all send some more officers out here? Maybe your captain, somebody with a higher ranking that can handle this situation. I think Mm -hmm. that's the only way you probably would have gotten a better response. But attacking them and if you you shoot you're damn sure you're going to jail man <laughs> there's no way you're shooting the police there's only like, but that's what kills me about people to conceal carry so you open fire on a random person right but what if a person is killing somebody as police he in a he in a uniform so that changes your mind i would say i'm gonna say about 80 percent of the concealed carry people are heavily blue lives matter and they are not touching a police officer in any circumstance. That's that's just my opinion, but yeah, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, like I said, I I don't think anybody would have done anything different. The and salute to the person who recorded it, man, because without that video, none of this yeah, happens. None of this happens. That nope. is swept under the rug without video. They are saying, yep. oh, he he deserved it. He fought back. He did this. You know, they're gonna put paint everything on them they're gonna pin everything on them that they can without the video the video is what made them because you and i got another great point i want to make because a lot of this gets this gets kind of forgotten when he first died they tried to say he died from medical conditions they wouldn't even say it was because he was choked they would not say that up until uh the video came out then they had to walk the medical conditions back and then that's when they kind of started investigating it but at first the police department said, oh, 
No, he died from medical conditions, which is kind of they what were, they're, they're trying to do now with this autopsy. Yeah, there, there were two. There were two autopsies done, and they they are contradictory right now. Well, yeah, one's done by the police, and one's done by his family. Yep. And you can guess which one. Yeah, you can yep. guess which one is which. They can they contradict each other right now, and you know the when I saw the report that this afternoon, uh, they actually did. Uh, the the journalist actually asked a good question. She said, so which one do you think will stand up in court? And they said, unfortunately, the official police one ordered by the DA is the one that's going to be submitted into court. The other one doesn't. Oh, they said it can't even be submitted? No, no. Only, oh. the, o- only, the, only the one ordered by the DA is official. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that it couldn't be used in court. I thought that was, that was evidence. That's, that's news right. to me. Wow. That's, that's disappointing. That's very disappointing. Um, did you see the, the, the story last week, the Central Park with the lady Amy Cooper who called the police on the black man? Uh, I think his name was Sean Cooper. He had the with last the, name. She had, she had the dog? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I kind of want to sp- not really speak on that one, but I did want to say the, that w- w- the way she called the police on that man and described him to the police as being terrorizing or threatening or whatever, that's how you end up with the George Floyd type of situation where police are showing up thinking they're dealing with somebody who's very threatening and stuff. So that's why I always right. tell people, especially my white friends, like, man, don't call the cops if it's something stupid. Right. Like if it's, if it's not a big deal, please don't waste your time calling the police. Cause it could very well lead to somebody's death. And I think people don't realize that. I think they're starting to see it now, but I can't stress that enough, man. Like if it's a little issue, just leave it alone. Maybe, you know, do your complaints to that person, but, don't escalate it because it can right. end up from an Amy Cooper to a George Floyd type situation, man. Right. I, I just, it was crazy to me how those were two, those two were so connected and just how the way she described him on the phone. And then you think about how a police is going to respond to that hearing all that already ready for some, something violent and something to go down. So, yeah. And you know, and you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about you about this too. Because uh, my wife has asked me about this, is that you know when you was working on your uh, whatever that job was, the mapping you liter- one. Yeah, you literally spent all day or all your days on the road on literally every block, you know, every city or whatever that you was in. Did you feel endangered? Man, I had so many, so many situations, bro. First of all, I thought I was gonna die in Baltimore. Uh, I seen a kid with a gun. Luckily, I took off before something could happen. Uh, got cursed out in Staten Island a few times, just in these white neighborhoods where they, they you know, affluent type of neighborhoods. Because a lot of the times people think when you're in those cars, you're like, you're in danger in the bad neighborhoods, which is true. You are, but you're also as much in danger in these rich neighborhoods because neither one of them wants you in their neighborhoods. So huh. there was plenty. What about, police? what about from police officers? Not too many encounters with the police. Um, honestly, the police were pretty cool with me. I think they knew what I was doing, so they didn't really bother me too much. In the beginning, they stopped me. I remember in Baltimore, I had a police officer. I got stopped twice in Baltimore. Um, one time they stopped me because I looked suspicious, even though my car had the company name on it and everything. And then they, they, you know, I had to sit there. They ran the plates and all that. And then they come back and they give me a, a little paper and it's not a ticket. It's like a piece of paper, not a citation, but something explaining why they pulled me over, which I'm just like, this is so worth 
waste of, a waste of my time. Right. But then uh, another time, I got pulled over, sirens on and everything. I'm thinking I did something wrong. And then the cop gets out. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to take a picture of your car. And I'm just like, bro, this is not protocol. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it was a black guy, like, too. Black guys, both times I got pulled over. Yeah. It's it's like that's become the new uh, is your hair real? You know how people always uh, when they see black people or a black woman, they always say, is your hair real? Like that's like the uh, cliche question the white people would ask. It's like this has become the new cliche question like do you feel worried that you're going to get killed by the police when you're driving like people I, I, so many people have started to ask me that I'll, yeah i'll say this um i'm definitely more worried if i get pulled over at night than the daytime i think at night more can go wrong because they can't really see it as clearly you know it's very dark inside the car so I, i'm yeah. more worried to get pulled over at night during the day i'm not too worried um i've been pulled over a few like times probably more than a few and you know i always have my hands up i don't really want to look like i'm reaching for anything so i'm always you know i know the rule i know you know keep the hands where they can see them and all that right uh but i've never been pulled over where they had the guns drawn luckily i've never been in that situation it's always been kind of peaceful encounters if you could say um yeah never had the guns pulled on me because that's another thing i don't think people think about like when somebody gets pulled over or when somebody's stopped by a police officer and they're, they got guns pointed at you, you're not acting the same way as if they just walk up nah. to your car. Like you're scared right. because you know, any false move, you're going to get shot. So yeah, you're going to be trembling. You're going to be nervous. There's just too much that can go wrong. So I always sympathize a little more when something happens in those situations. Cause a lot of people are like, well, you should have just obeyed the law. And I always say, well, how would you act if you had a gun pointed in your face? It's right. not as easy when you have the gun pointed at you. Right. Two different situations I don't think people think about, man. Right. Um, how, do you, how do you think the protests are being viewed right now? Because there's been so many protests going on. Uh, before the officer was arrested, even though he got arrested, it's still a lot of protests. At first, it started off kind of peaceful, and then now it's just mayhem, all-out mayhem. Yeah, I you know it it depends on which way you watch it from CNN and from MSNBC's uh, view. They only showed the peaceful protests, uh, but when you watch from the other side and Fox News, you that's where you see the riots. So, I think the message is getting lost because the negativity will always be louder than the positivity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I will it, say CNN though they have been showing a lot of the police like kind of beating up people or fighting with the protesters. They've been painting that narrative too. I don't know how fair it is, but they've shown a lot of that like force being used. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, they only show the force from the police forcing the, uh, enforcing on peaceful people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They've been showing They're, that. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. Whereas the other side only shows the stores getting broken into and the buildings on fire and, people throwing things at the police cars and set police cars on fire. But I, I think, I think the, the, the riots are going to be loud. They're louder than the peaceful protest. So it, it seems like the message of what we're protesting is getting lost. That, you know? that brings me to my next like follow-up question from that, where do you think black people are getting all of the blame for these violent protests that are going on right now? 
Because it feels Dude. like we're like when I'm on Facebook and I see everybody complaining about the protest, the protesters, I don't feel like they're complaining about a certain like about everybody. I feel like they're kind of pinning it on one group and it feels like it's being pinned on all of uh, black people. That's just the, the way I'm getting it from the tone people are speaking. So I'm yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I think it depends on where you consume your news. I think the fortunate thing is that, you know, when you when you consume most of your news through social media, you know, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, you get to see people who are actually there. And that's when you see the truth. And then when you watch it on TV, on the traditional news media, you get the stories, right? You get the whatever story that they're trying to push. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think it depends on where you see where you see your news. Otherwise, you, you'll be controlled. I'm getting my news from like Facebook and a lot of, you know, I'm getting it from the Twitter and CNN that's, and so, yeah, right wing. When I, when I look at the social medias, that's when I can see that it's everybody out there. You know, it's not just one sided because then you got a, you got a whole bunch of people that are saying we need to show this just so like they have the videos where you see police officers actually talking peacefully to the protesters from people on social media. Yeah. And then you also see the things where they're showing. Just so y'all know, this ain't black people destroying these stores. They show the white people spray painting things and breaking windows and stores and stuff like that. So, like, you see both perspectives on on uh, on social media that you won't see on TV. So, I've been catching it from both places. Yeah, me too. Um, also, I want to say get well soon to my friend Latoya. She posted uh man such a sad picture today on on Facebook where she was at the protest in Fort Lauderdale yesterday. And she was just telling the story about how she was there peacefully. And then, you know, some people came trying to act crazy and disrupting it. So she was trying to walk away and get away from it. And I guess she had, she bent down to like tie her shoe or something like that. I forgot the whole story. She posted it. I read, I shared it on my Facebook. So it's on my Facebook. Anybody wants to read it. But as she was like reaching down to tie her shoe, which is what I believe it was, she got shot with one of those rubber bullets. Really? And, and hit in the face in her eye. She posted a picture of her face and her, her, um, I believe it was her, her right eye was completely swollen. What? Yeah, man. So I, sh- I shared it because I just, I, I wow. said, I wanted people to see that all these protesters are not like what the news is making y'all think. They're not all bad people. Some people are getting injured in these protests and they're good people. They're just, you know, uh, getting, I don't even know how to explain it because. I don't want to say wrong, right place, wrong time, or right, wrong place, right time, whatever. I just think they're getting put in these situations where the police are maybe responding to disturbances, but they're they're just firing at whoever's out there, and a lot of yeah. innocent people are being victims of that. So yeah, yeah, man, check out that picture on my Facebook if you get a chance. It was very uh, disturbing. Um, I texted her, asked her how she was doing. I I I asked her too, like. Who was the police office that did that? Because I want to call and complain. Uh, she never responded to that, so I'm thinking maybe she just doesn't want to put it all out there, cause too much drama with it. But um, it was sad, man. It was super sad, and my thoughts and prayers yeah. are with her. I hope she makes a speedy recovery. That's the problem with the with the looters. You know, they're they're mixing themselves in with the peaceful people, and it just makes everybody look bad. Oh my gosh, I I feel like. I'm working a nine to five job on Facebook every day now because I have to clean up a lot of this stuff I see on my timeline 
or my news feed where it just feels like the, the black people are getting blamed for everything, especially all the looting and stuff when it first was happening. And I'm, I'm starting to share all these stories now about how the, the government and the police and they're all finally admitting that these are outside groups that are mainly causing all this. You know, you got yeah. Antifa, you got the white nationalists. So there's so many groups that are involved and it just seems like on the on the outside you're looking at it like oh why are these black people doing all this why are they acting like this yeah. and it's like man it ain't just us man like yeah i've you, been seeing more more social media posts that said that you know it's uh, black people saying this is not us you know we're not here for that or like you'll see people try to tell them go flip that truck and they're like man we're not i saw that, that truck i saw here. that video um yeah the thing is you break a window and you break these stores open I'm I'm not surprised black people are running in and taking stuff after that, but I don't think they're doing the initial breaking of these windows and these stores. Mm, no, but I think we also caught in a real, I guess, unique time where we got 40 million people out of work, though. So, you yeah. know, and yeah, one person may break the window, but now we got opportunity that is arising for a whole lot of people who are struggling, you know, so it's a real tough time. It's a very tough time. I just, man, I'm worried because I feel like the black, the black protesters, the peaceful protesters, even the the white peaceful protesters, I feel like they all being bamboozled, man. I feel like they're out there fighting for a cause and there's a higher power, another group out there just co-opting the movement and they're victims of it. And I don't think, I feel like they don't even know what's going on, man. I feel like they're just getting tricked into doing yeah, all this and that's kind of why right. i'm staying away from all these protests like i would love to go out there and walk and march and do all that but i'm just worried because i don't know everybody i'm around man right a lot of sketchy people probably out there a lot of people with bad intentions and i don't want to i don't want to be put in a situation like my friend like i said latoya where you're out there trying to peacefully protest and you get hit with the rubber bullet i can't believe she got hit in the face though that's crazy yeah man like ugh, the pictures are so hard to look at. Like that's one of my actual friends. Like I hang out with you. Uh, we were cool. Like, so when you see it happen to somebody, you a, know, and that's a, a woman on top of that. Like you shot a woman in the face. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if they, they intentionally shoot these people. I feel like they trying to shoot at these violent people and then innocent people are getting hit too. So they, when, when they see protesters, I don't, I don't feel like they distinguish from them. I think they're just like, we gonna shoot. We gonna shoot these rubber bullets at whoever's out here, with no regard. Cause you saw the little eight year old. She got. She got what sprayed with the tear gas. I didn't read the whole story. I saw a lot of complaints about it. I saw people saying why. Why did the parents have her out there in the first place? Um, but I saw the picture of her man just crying. They were pouring milk on her, trying to like. I guess the milk helps with the tear gas or whatever. So. I probably wouldn't bring a kid out to a protest, but then again, sometimes you want your kids to see this. Sometimes you want to inspire them. So I go either way on that yeah. one, but it was, yeah. it was just sad, man, to see some of these people. Uh, what do you, what do you, what role do you think though? Like the far right and the far left organizations like Antifa are playing in these protests. Like, do you think they are? Oh, I think Antifa's the, the, I think Antifa's the antagonist for sure. They're the ones that, or the anarchists, I mean, for sure. You don't think the white nationalists too, though? Because I feel like it's a mixture. I know Trump says it's Antifa, but then the Minnesota governor was saying, nah, the white nationalists out here too. It, I, I guess. I mean, 
It could be. It's not like I'm not. Yeah, who knows? It's not like what the um the Taliban and all that where they claim responsibility. You know, like it's not like we they telling us, yo, we out here doing this, so we don't really know who is guerrilla factions. They it could be. I don't just you know I don't doubt it. I feel like they all out there trying to trying to get it get a piece and trying to get it get their their views somehow in there. But they're definitely antagonizing. I've seen way too many videos over the weekend. Of them just walking up to people, asking them to be part of the rioting, trying to right. recruit black people to do stuff. Hey, just break this window. Things. Saw a video right. today of a girl trying to, or I think it was a guy, picking up a brick from the ground. Like It was in the, one of brick streets, and he was trying to um, make that brick loose and pick it up, and he gets it up. And then a whole bunch of protesters say, hey, get that guy with the brick. Get that white man, white man with the brick. Like, And everybody starts chasing him. They group the brick out his head. And then they walk him and, like, drag him over to the police. And it's crazy because the police were sitting right there watching him pick up the brick. It right. did nothing. <laughs> but then when they drag him to that. them, they arrest him. So it's like, y'all seeing this stuff going on. Y'all just choosing what you want, what you want to address and what you don't want to address. Right. Um, and I think the police are inciting a lot of this violence. I think when, if, when these protests first started, it seemed like everything was peaceful. Until they threw the tear gas. I feel like once they threw that tear gas, that's when it was like game on. And then the next day you've seen them come out a little more violent than they did that first day. Yeah. And then now, you know, they got the National Guard coming in, which is not making things any better. Because I feel like they're not trained the same way as the police. They're not. So I don't think they're going to be able to de-escalate like the police can on certain situations. And Uh, we're going to see more violence. I think as we step up the military presence, they'll de-escalate, but they de-escalate with violence. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the police is letting you curse at them, shout at them, push them. Like, yeah. I don't feel like the National Guard is going for all that. No, you're not going to put your hands on them. You know, he's spitting in their face and all. That ain't going to fly. And Trump, soldier. Trump just had the press conference tonight where he said, yo, y'all tried me last night because I guess he couldn't even leave the White House. He was in, like, the basement or something. Yeah. So he was pissed about that. So he's like, all right, that's what y'all want to do. Bet I'm bringing in the National Guard even stronger than we were last week or last yesterday. And yeah. uh, we going we gonna to handle this how we need to handle this for y'all to act right. If you were the president, what do you or, or what would you what do you expect the president to do for this situation? Um, If I was the president, I would probably start. When this first started. I would have stood in solidarity. I would have, I would have said Black Lives Matter. I think that's what we need to hear from people at this point. There's a lot of people walking around that, tap dancing around that topic because they don't want to upset their base. I've seen it everywhere. So I probably would have started with the, you know, I, I am with you guys. I feel for you. I'm with prayers for George Floyd's family. Uh, so, yeah, I- yeah, and I think I think he did that. So that was I think that was his first move. He uh, he he did a solidarity interview, and then he <sighs> opened up the FBI interview on those cops. He just doesn't do enough to kind of address the black community to me. It's it's, it's very I, I, vague. It's very vague when he talks to it. To yeah. Us. Yeah. I don't know what I I try to I try to put myself in those shoes and say like what would I do or or what do I expect from it. 
Because look at all these other people we've seen speak out. These other non-black people that have spoken out and said Black Lives Matter. Like, it's not hard to just say those three words. But it seems like a lot of people are so against those three words. So their their base, their people are scared to say it. And I mean, maybe I don't, maybe it's too much to expect the president to say that, especially when a lot of these white nationalist groups worship him and... They they say that he kind of starts a lot of the hate with his rhetoric. So maybe Are it, you I'm yeah, so, go ahead. Were. Go ahead. I was just saying maybe we're expecting too much for him to, to come and speak out against it. Yeah. I don't know. What about I guess on the flip side, uh, you know, what do you think about the fact that people with large influence are basically silent right now? People like uh they say LeBron James or Oprah or No, LeBron's been speaking. He's been tweeting. What? Oprah, I ain't heard much, but LeBron has been tweeting Black Lives Matter. Uh, he's been tweeting against the police in Minnesota. LeBron is, Barack? Barack did a letter yesterday, I believe. I haven't read it yet, but a lot of people are, are applauding the letter. I have my own issues with Barack because over the years, I feel like when he was in office, a lot of these issues happened, these police killings, and he didn't really go in on them like he should have. Like, he didn't, I don't know if he's ever said Black Lives Matter. I think he might have. But I feel like he hasn't condemned the police for certain things. Uh, I feel like he toes the line. But he definitely says more than, than Trump to me. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I, I, I wonder, I, I just wonder why he's silent right now. You know, like, his voice would have the biggest impact. Who are you talking about, Barack? Yeah. No, he's talking. He wrote a what whole lot. He wrote the letter yesterday. I didn't read it yet, but he wrote a letter. He said, what my response letter? to what everything is going on. If he called MSNBC right now and told them to show up at his door, they probably would fly somebody directly to his house and he would go live uh, on national TV. You I, know what I mean? I got to pull up the letter because you're going at my boy Barack. I got to, well, he ain't really my boy, but I want to make sure we're fair to, to Obama because he, he's spoken. Who did he send the letter to? Uh, he posted it. He said, let's get to work. He said, this shouldn't be normal in 2020. It was like an open letter. About the riots? Yeah. Everything. Huh. He I'm said, too- all right, on Twitter he tweeted, he said, I know the past few months have been hard and dispiriting, but watching the heightened, heightened activism of young people makes me hopeful. And if we can keep channeling our justifiable anger into peaceful, sustained, and effective action. This can be the moment when real change starts. That's you know, it's not the strongest thing, but <laughs> it's it's. He said something, but I'm I don't know where the letter is. I'm trying to find the letter because I wanted you to to see that. This part. here we go. There you go. That's that's all that needs to be said right there. I can't find it. If the man said no, I saw Twitter, it earlier. I just didn't read it. Why it disappeared? How it disappeared? No, I'm just trying to Google. I'm probably not Googling the right thing. All right, here it is. My right. statement on the death of George Floyd. All right. All right. Yeah, he wrote, he gave us some bars. All right. Yeah, so he's upset. All right, we all agree that the death of George Floyd is wrong. No, no, all right. I but- got it now. I got it. He said, I want to share parts of, of the conversations I've had with friends over the past couple of days about the footage of George Floyd dying face down on the street under the knee of a police officer in Minnesota. The first is an email from a middle-aged African-American businessman. Dude, I got to tell you, the George Floyd incident in Minnesota hurt. I cried when I saw that, 
when I saw that video. It broke me down. The knee on the neck is a metaphor for how the system so cavalierly holds black folks down, ignoring the cries for help. People don't care. Truly tragic. Another friend of mine used the powerful song that went viral from 12-year-old Kedron Bryant to describe the frustrations he was feeling. The circumstances of my friend and Kedron may be different, but their anguish is the same. It's shared by me and millions of others. It's natural to wish for life to just go back to normal as a pandemic and economic, economic crisis upend everything around us. But we have to remember that for millions of Americans, being treated differently on account of race is tragically, painfully maddening, maddeningly normal. Whether it's while dealing with the healthcare system or interacting with the criminal justice system or jogging down the street or just watching birds in a park. This shouldn't be normal in 2020 America. It can't be normal. If we want our children to grow up in a nation that lives up to its highest ideals, we can and must be better. It will fall mainly on the officials of Minnesota to ensure that the circumstances surrounding George Floyd's death are investigated thoroughly and that justice is ultimately done. But it falls on all of us, regardless of our race or station, including the majority of men and women in law enforcement who take pride in doing their tough job the right way every day to work together to create a new normal in which the legacy of bigotry and unequal treatment no longer infects our inst institutions or our hearts. That's the letter. Hmm. I mean, he said something. <laughs> he ain't hit us with the Black Lives Matter. Like I said, a lot of people scared to say the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I feel like that's when you know who's really like down or who really ain't scared of the backlash. Cause there is backlash that comes with that. But right. LeBron, LeBron has gone out there and said it, man. LeBron, I feel like LeBron don't care. He's one of those athletes, man, that no matter how you feel about him on the court, off the court, he will speak his mind. You know, he called Trump a bum those years ago. Like yeah. he's spoken on I can't breathe with Eric Garner, which this is very similar to. I didn't even get to that. I didn't even have that on my topics, but I did want to say how similar George Floyd and Eric Garner are, man, just the way they died. Uh, yeah. Garner was a bigger guy. Well, they're both pretty big, but they were both just, you know, choked, man. That's yeah. Uh, do you believe the St. Paul Police Department and what they said about uh, Jacob Peterson. For those who don't know, Jacob Peterson allegedly is a guy who knocked out the windows of the AutoZone store. They had a guy on camera doing it. He was heavily masked and covered all over. Like you could only see his eyes pretty much. Uh, a lot of people are, are theorizing that it's Jacob Peterson. The St. Paul Police Department was so quick to come out and say that is not our guy. Uh, I don't believe it. But it's been so quiet on that issue ever since they've denied it. I've seen news articles kind of siding with them. I haven't seen much proof. Apparently, there was somebody who said that Jacob Peterson's ex-wife like sold him out, but like everything's been swept under the rug, man. Yeah. They're doing it. Minneapolis and St. Paul are doing whatever they can to cover up things. Why is they it so crazy? But that's the same place, isn't, if I'm not mistaken, where they killed Philando Castillo. The yep. guy who was in the car who yep. said, I got a gun and got shot. Yeah. So I don't understand what's going on up there that y'all keep killing these people, man. I think somebody else died up there, too, like in the last few years, like another high profile case. But 
do you think you think that that was Jacob Peterson or do you think the, the, the police department is telling the truth? No, I don't think the police department is telling the truth. But I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> you got me. This is another one of those things that I'm on the fence about. Like if we said, you know what, that's a black man that's doing that. And you would say, how do you know? He's wearing a mask. He's got an all-black suit. Like, you don't know who he is, right? Now, you can see enough so- to look that, that he looks white with the eyes. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, like, if somebody were to just assume because oh, yes. they saw something, you know, you'd be quick to say, man, you don't know who that is. He's wearing a mask. He's got on a black thing. How are you going to say that this is who that is, right? So I kind of think it's the same issue here. The police, it may, it may very well be that dude. But the police are going to always, what are they going to just automatically say, yeah, that's them, that's them, our bad. You know, they're not going to admit to it. Oh, no, because it would be even more riots. It, it, right. You can't, you can't admit, to, admit to that guilt. But, you know, I'm sure they probably gave him a stern talking to the moment he uh, went in for roll call the very next time. But I haven't um, heard a peep from him either. Like, yeah. I think he's been taken off the streets or something. But just reading that whole story, man, it was a little shady. The police said he was at work, but then apparently where their their offices is like right down the street from the auto zone. So it's like, ah. yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely shady. But I've been one of those kind of I've been one of those people that's kind of out against the you know public opinion thing, where you know somebody says you did something, you just automatically guilty just because somebody else said it. You know, I I've been kind of against that because I feel like we we fall into the same. This same type situation where guy, you know, what Me Too things where people were saying, "Oh, I was sexually harassed by that dude," and you don't know if he did it or not. There, nobody knows nothing, but just because somebody accused you, you guilty, right? So, I kind of been stepping back from that, assuming somebody's guilty or assuming that that person did something without really knowing, you know. So. I mean, could it be him? It could be, yeah, but I don't know. We can't tell who that is in the mask and the all black jumpsuit and the umbrella over his head. And yeah, I'm, I'm trying to know, figure out how they didn't get him. Like at that point, how did he got away? That nobody right. got a license plate of the car or anything. Right, right. That was because I saw the video and it looked like the black dude was ready to square up with him. Like he's yeah. like, we can go right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he said, we got to slap you right in the face. He said, oh, shit, hold my blood. <laughs> yeah, like, how y'all ain't pull the mask off, bro? Like, the fact that the man got away is just like, that's the point and where I'm like, how do we, we were so close to finding out his identity. And he walked away at that, you know, so he didn't even run. So, I don't know, it could be him, but who knows. It was just weird and troubling to see a guy breaking those windows like that. Yeah. Like, just for he no didn't reason. even look like... He didn't even look like no Antifa. He he dead ass looked like he was part of a police force or something. Or somebody who yeah. was sent there to do that, but not from like one of those organizations. It was definitely stupid. Like, well, you just randomly breaking windows. Then like, that mask, the gas mask or whatever that mask was he had on. I'm like, that, that shit looked too professional. Yeah. <laughs> that did didn't that, look that. like no Antifa mask. Right. But, uh, yeah, man. I, I wish they would investigate that one a little more. They claim they're trying to find out who it really was. I don't know how much I believe that. I feel like they're just hoping it gets swept under the rug and another big story comes and takes the attention away. But I've been Googling it like every day to see if there's anything new on it. And nah, nobody's really talking about it anymore. And then that probably means it definitely was him. Yeah. Hey, I don't know how I was looking <laughs> on your Facebook, but on mine, 
it's kind of a mix where I'm seeing a lot of white people who want to see what they can do to help and uh, what they can say, like, as far as speaking out. And then I'm seeing some who don't want to say anything until it's a riot, and then they, they got everything to say. But they're quiet on the actual crime that was committed with the with the ne- kneeling on the neck. Uh, yeah. Do you think white people feel responsible to speak up and uh, speak out about all of the pol- police brutality and social injustices that are going on right now? You know, this is a, 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 a you got a lot, a lot of good topics today. Yeah, I th- so yeah I've is, been writing all day. And I wanted to a, ask you this, too, because uh, I don't know if people know this, but your wife is white. So I'm sure you've had these type of conversations in your house. Yeah, it, it's 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 really hard, you know, because and, and that, I've had a lot of people on my timeline that's, you know, white people that are like we're sticking out because they, they have they see the signs that say your silence is a part of the problem. But yeah. at the same time, when they do speak out, you have, you know, some black people that are saying, "Nah, it's too late for your help now. We don't want your help. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a clear like groups of people that are like, "Nah, we don't want to hear nothing from from you now. Now it's too late. You know, go sit back down somewhere. Yeah, they're not all the way uh, accepted. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a bittersweet pill. You know, you you had a group of people that are saying the only way that we change this is to have actual white people fight along with us. But then you have, you know, the people that say, well, it's it's too late for their help. We don't want their help now. You know, so. I've had white people ask me too personally, just like, what can I do to help? And the biggest thing I tell them is like, yo, check check your racist friends or family. Like when you, when you're around somebody and they're, they're being racist, say something to them, man. Don't let it slide. Cause I feel like a lot of people let it slide. Like I've been around some of my friends where their family members will say something questionable. And then I got to kind of speak up, but they're all silent. It's like, bro, y'all ain't speaking them now. I know y'all don't say nothing when I'm not around. Right. Right. So I just tell them, man, just, just check your friends and family. Like, if you got to delete people on Facebook, do that. Like, shout out to Elvis. He's my friend, but he was just talking so reckless on Facebook last week, trolling. And I gave <laughs> him, like, three warnings. I said, bro, like, this ain't the time for the trolling because he's on the serious post trying to do that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'll give you three chances. You keep doing it. I got to block you. I'll talk yeah. to you in real life, but we ain't going to converse on Facebook. So right. he kept trying me. And then finally I said, all right, you got to go. And I had to block him. And I don't know when you know, he's coming back. <laughs> You know, I'm from, you know, the town where I'm from, man, is, is very diverse. So it's a lot of, you know, p- people on both sides are, that are, you know, fighting about fighting about this injustice. But, um, you know, I, I think I think it, it, it will take them, you know, fighting along to try to prevent this. They do got to speak up when they see something. Again, like I said, the, the biggest culprit in these police actions were the police officers that were standing there doing nothing. Oh, yeah. We definitely, them, you know, so. Yeah, we need the police to to kind of, we need those good cops to, to say something. And, yeah. And it's kind of like a gang culture with the police, it feels like, where they don't want to speak out because they're scared of repercussions, man. Right. So I think I, I think it does take them on both sides. They, they do got to get involved. They do got to say something. You know, and then and then you say you brought my wife. Me and my wife were actually talking about this because it's a real thing when you think about our children and how and how we got to deal with this. You know, I, I was talking to my homeboy also about, you know, racism is a thing that is 
passed down from generation to generation. You know, kids in a natural element aren't racist. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. play with whoever is near them and it, they don't really notice it. You know, so the tension that rises is strictly passed down from the generations, right? It's taught to the kids. But the, the, the problem with these issues is that it's like a large generational game of telephone. You know what I mean? I was, tell, I was talking about this tonight with her. You know, if you think about that, you, you heard about this telephone game, right? Where Yeah, the old uh, school one? Yeah, where somebody whispers you a yeah. secret and then you keep whispering and by the time you get to the last person, the whole damn story is wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think I think that's what we're seeing on a really large scale. I'm not saying that the stories are wrong, but we are getting variations of the story where, you know, one, they're the people that live through it and then they're passing it down to their family members as generations go. And the story is so diluted that it's now the young people are getting this wash of information, you know, and I think that's what's adding to them being so radical. You know, is that, you know, the the sense of pride and just false information or even mishandled information, it's just making things harder to deal with, you know. So, uh, like, when you talk about my family, as I, I think about this with my son, it's like, would he benefit if I did not talk about racial history? Um, I, I don't think so, because I feel like at some point he's going to encounter it. And he's going to wonder why people are acting like that. Right. So that's the only reason why you wouldn't do it, right? Because you expect, you assume that the rest of the world is going to collapse on him. You're saying why, if, you wouldn't, or why you wouldn't talk to your son or with white people? Yeah, yeah. No, that, but that's, that's, the, that's usually the, the conclusions that people come to is that if you don't, it, he will encounter it in the future. Yeah. Right? It, it will collapse on him. What, what, what about the idea? What if everybody stopped, you know, just forgot from this day forward? saying we're not going to talk about what happened from this day before you know would would these problems naturally arise again do you think yeah because just because we don't talk about it don't mean people don't still have it in their heart how if it doesn't get passed down no oh you're saying if it doesn't get passed down yeah uh because like right now my son's four years old he doesn't know nothing right and i got sons 10 months he don't know nothing. So everything that he will learn as far as racial tension is just got to come from us. Well, it seems like you're saying, what if we erase history? Which if we erase ours, we got to erase everybody's and start over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, cool with that. Because, 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 because it's, it's both, you know, from the, from the uh, black side, you know, we've been oppressed for over, you know, th- uh, 400 years of slavery. We've had, you know, civil rights issues. We've had, uh, you know, uh, r- systemic racism issues, you know, and that's the stuff that we just pour down on our children, right? We just keep pouring that down and pour it down, you know, but when it gets down the line, then that's when you, have you ever encountered, you know, white people that's our age and maybe younger, they say, well, listen, I have no, I had nothing to do with what happened at that time. My grandparents, I don't know anything about that. I didn't do it. I don't believe the way they believed." But yet we're holding them accountable for those actions. You well, know what I mean, I think the problem in that situation, because I have many white friends and uh, some of them have said that. And I, I tell them, I try to explain to them. Yes, you might not have had anything to do with that, but you I am 100 percent sure you have probably benefited from it. Oh, like I'm sure you've had a, 
stuff passed down in your family. Maybe you guys own a house that was passed down. Like y'all have gotten some type of wealth or some type of benefit from it. Sure. So you do is benefit. That, is that from their it. fault? Is that their fault? No, but don't tell me that you have nothing to do with it or you're not part of it. If when you you have benefited from it, that's all I'm saying. Is like I don't think they realize that they benefit from a lot of that stuff, and you don't need to feel guilty for it. But you need to have some empathy for us who might not have had all that stuff that was passed down. And that's why we're kind of playing from behind and we're still trying to catch up to all this generational wealth and stuff that's been passed down over the years. But I'm all for starting over. Look, there's nobody who wants to start over more than me. I'm the one who always says we need a new national anthem that is more inclusive because when that first one came out and said for the land of the free, we were still slaves. So it wasn't talking about us. So I think we need something a little more inclusive. I think the world needs to be more inclusive. Um, I would love to start over there. I don't know if we can, but I'm all for it if if it's a way. I I do think maybe hundreds, maybe two or 300 years from now, it will be like that where nobody's thinking about the color and all that. And they will probably look back on all this history and just be like, I cannot believe people were judged on the color of their skin. Or, yeah. or how they looked like people are going to be so shocked on how we treated each other and how this world was. And it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Did you catch any of these speeches over the weekend? I saw a few. I saw uh, the Tamika Mallory and the killer Mike speeches and uh, Keisha, Keisha Lance bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta. They were all like speaking. Well, uh, Tamika Mallory was in, in Minnesota speaking, she had uh, Stephen Jackson was up there with her. I believe uh, Trade of Truth. And mm-hmm. she was speaking on, you know, just George Floyd and why people are protesting. And don't be surprised what how we react. I, I thought it was a fascinating speech. Uh, the Killer Mike one was probably my favorite. Yo, Killer Mike is, to me, he is next level. That dude is, I always try to catch out where he talks. He is at a, he's got a different level of intelligence when it comes to leadership. Well, I, I, his parents were teachers, and he just has so much civil rights in his family. So yo, he went to Morehouse. Like, he's just a smart dude. Yo, his hist- he's historical. He's lit- like the way that he presents his information is so inspiring. It is crazy. Yeah, I love hearing him talk, man. Killer Mike is one of my favorites to uh, to hear speak. Always has something good to say. Always has a good plan. He caught a lot of backlash in his speech because basically he was telling everybody. Language probably. No, I mean he cursed a little, but it's just he was telling everybody to go home. And yeah, you know the the woke people did not want to hear that from Killer Mike because he's a very revolutionary guy most of the time. So when he was kind of siding with the mayor and the the governors and the police and all them people didn't want to hear that uh yeah, I, but atlanta atlanta's got african-american female mayor yes yeah, i'm saying keisha keisha lance bottoms she yeah, was right so, there I mean, with him yeah so if you if he's in support of her like how you know i don't understand these people that they call themselves woke because everybody wants to protest so when you tell them not to protest they got a problem with that like when you tell them not you know to to go home because there's all the looting and stuff going on they thought, oh, you're you're being a coon or this and that. And I didn't I didn't agree with that. He his point was basically like, yo, we need to be smarter in how we are organizing and how we're attacking this because yes. right now this isn't working. And and that, right. 
that's another issue I have with rioting where people will say, oh, well, b- peaceful protest didn't work. So this is what we got to do. And I'm like, bro, right. we've been rioting for years, years. Right. Riots are not new. Like they've burned LA down twice and the police still act like that. So rioting hasn't worked in my opinion either. Right. I just think we need to have a better strategy and we especially, need, we need to come it, harder. Right. Especially in a city like Atlanta, that's got a lot of black business. Like we've been, we coming in an economic downfall and, and tearing they, up the black businesses. They're turning up black business. Like I have a major have, issue with that part. Yeah. They, they just fought to get businesses and, you know, dealing with a rough time economically, and then you go burn them down. Like, how is this woke? I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of it is, is younger people who want to do this. I think the older people are like, yo, let's be peaceful. Uh, George Floyd's family actually spoke. I believe it was today they released a statement. Yeah. Saying, stop the, stop the, violence. Stop the violence. He wouldn't have wanted that. He would have wanted a peaceful protest. Uh, I've seen videos of him talking. And like I said, he was a peaceful guy. He wasn't about this. He was he was basically telling the younger kids this, to act right. So I, I, I don't know if people realize they're not doing this for George Floyd right now. You might no, like think I, you are, but this isn't what he wanted. Like I said, this is a this has been a generational game of telephone. And right now, the youngest people are 100 percent lost to what the real message is. Yeah, and then the looting, man. Like I said, I I know they're probably not the ones who broke the windows and did all that, but still, when you're going in there and taking stuff after you're you're, you're robbing the Jordan store and the sneaker stores, and that's that's not that's not the way to go, man. It's not the way to go. There's got to be a better way to do this because the police are looking for ways reasons to shoot y'all again. So y'all about right. to give them more reasons. You know, I was even thinking. Of, I was even thinking about not just the police officers, right? But we think about these business owners. We think about, uh, you know, people that own Target, own Auto Zones, or whatever that was burning those restaurants. And now, you know, I I don't know about where y'all y'all opened up before. I think Chicago just opened up today. Yeah. And the and the mayor had to basically shut things down because of the riots, right? So there are people that were just getting the chance to go back to work today, after two months off, and it, things are already going back down the other way just because of the riots. So, do you think that 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 has a positive impact on people's feelings toward this? When you talk about, listen, I just been out of work. And you just burnt down my job. Now I'm about to work again. You know, we're divided. I've seen it. A lot of people pissed off about the riots. I see a lot of people saying this is what we need to do. Uh, That's probably is showing one of the biggest problems within the black community where it's we don't have that leadership. We don't have that one voice that we will listen to. We don't we don't have a lot of unity. We can't all get on the same page about what we want to do. Everybody has a different objective, a different thing they're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah, we're just separated right now, man. We're not, we're not all on one page. And I, it's sad because we don't really have that one black leader. We don't have a Martin Luther King no more. We don't have a Malcolm X. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't have a Fred Hampton, Megger Evers. We don't have those people anymore who were very you know, strong leaders and speakers and people who could not only organize, but mobilize, you know, it seems like all these guys now, like the Sean Kings, the DeRays, the 
whoever else, they're all in it for themselves, it feels like, and nobody's really listening to them. We don't have a large group listening to them. So I'm, I'm not for the riots. Uh, I condemn, especially the ones where, the, where you're burning down and looting the black businesses, I just think is ridiculous. I understand, though, a lot of the anger that some people have and it might cause the riots, but I'm never going to be for it because I would never riot. Like, that's not my thing. So yeah. I'm not going to tell you to do something that I wouldn't do. I'm like more of a peaceful person. Uh, I feel like we can, we can hurt these people more if we put our, our minds together. Like, I, like I've been trying to say this whole time I've had this podcast, you look at the coronavirus, you look at how quick these businesses had to shut down when they didn't have money coming in. Bro, if we stop going to a lot of these places, we could shut them down without having to break their windows. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can, we can get a lot of these businesses up out of here. We can get people to start paying attention to us with our pockets, which I heard, uh, I, I forgot the date. They're doing like a, a, a day where you're not going to spend any black money, black dollars. I think it's July 6th. It might be July 6th. I believe it's called the blackout though. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. So that's one way. Uh, is this it? Blackout? Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. It's called Blackout Tuesday. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Blackout Tuesday is tomorrow where they're not going to, they're supposedly, you're not supposed to play no music tomorrow. <laughs> um, But yeah, there is another one in July where you're not supposed to spend any money. And I believe it's July 6th. So... I don't know. Stay tuned to that one. I think it needs to be more than one day, though, probably two days. Just just to let them know, like, hey, because the black dollar controls a lot that we don't really we don't realize how much power we have with our money. We spend more money, I think, if you do a percentage wise, more than any other race, just because we buy a lot of stupid stuff. So I think if we put our if we just said, hey, we're going to stop buying all these sneakers and expensive, expensive clothes, we could probably get some people to listen. Yeah. Um, I saw something else yesterday. I was watching, cause I watch like church on, on YouTube now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I try to get the word. I, I feel like watching church on TV is better than actually going. Cause I treat it like a football game. I enjoy <laughs> it more from home. I can, you know, move around how I want and it's just a little more comfortable. So social social distance in the word. Yeah, I've been I've been doing this since about January though, before all this happened. But I was watching my guy John Gray, Pastor John Gray. He's from Relentless Church in Spartanburg, uh, no Greenville, South Carolina. And on his sermon, instead of doing like a regular sermon, he had this guy named Pastor Stephen Furtick, who's like this really popular pastor. He's white. Uh, John Gray is black. So instead of having the sermon, he had Stephen Furtick on and they did a kind of like a round table. It was just them two. And they had a conversation and it was such a great conversation because they just talked about everything that's going on. Uh, Stephen Furtick was very honest about, you know, what, what he could do to make things better and wanted to hear what John Gray has been through as a black man in America. And then they talked about the church and how a lot of Christians 
who are claiming to be, you know, Jesus loving and uh, we love everybody are some of the most racist people. And it was just such an open and honest conversation, man. And then it, it made me think about the Dabble Swinney thing. Cause he came out with his, he finally came out with his statement today and in true Dabble form, he got uh, a whole bunch of words in, but didn't really say anything. <laughs> he kind of just skated around the controversial stuff and, you know, did the normal, I'm a man of God. God loves everybody. I hope we can heal, blah, blah, blah. But no support for, not, not even a mention of George Floyd's name. No Black Lives Matter, none of that. So as a Christian, man, I think he probably could have benefited from watching this conversation for, by John Gray and Stephen Furtick. It was like an hour and 10 minutes. I encourage everybody to watch it if you can. It's on YouTube, and it's called Become the Bridge. So check that out. Uh, man, it was just amazing. I wanted to point that out. Uh, something else I've been seeing on my Facebook that's been a little disappointing. I want to get your opinion on this, D'Angelo. All right. I'm seeing, so, you know, they're, they're, everybody's talking about the, the riots. I'm starting to see these memes where it's like protests like this, and it shows Martin Luther King and all his people arm in arm, and then they're like, instead of this. And then it shows the rioters walking out with stuff from these these stores. And it's rubbing me the wrong way because a lot of these people who are posting this, first of all, I don't think they know their black history, let alone American history when it comes to Martin Luther King. I don't think they realize after he was doing these peaceful protests that he was getting beat down. He was getting hosed. He had dogs sicked on him. Uh, the CIA wanted him dead. Not the CIA. Right. The FBI wanted FBI. him dead so bad that they sent him a letter in 1964 telling him to commit suicide because they had uh, proof that he was he had having extramarital affairs because they wiretapped him. Uh, J. Right. Edgar Hoover, you know, who, who was like his arch nemesis, just couldn't stand right. him. So I don't think a lot of people realize what the price Martin Luther King paid for those peaceful protests. It's not like he he protested peacefully and everything was great. You know, he he died over that. That was like the final nail in the golf, and he died. Right. So a lot of people just want to talk about MLK. They want to talk about the I have a dream and the everybody treat everybody equal and the peaceful stuff. He was he was a man of peace. But I guess the point I'm trying to make to these people, if you guys really would do your research on Martin Luther King and see how hated he was because of his ideas. And like, like I said before, his, his ability to mobilize and organize. And uh, when, when he died, he was, he was in the midst of trying to start the poor people's campaign where he was demanding $30 million from the government to go into these poor communities so we could get a step up or get back on track with everybody else. So I try to tell people, I'm like, man, you guys couldn't even handle Colin Kaepernick. Like, there's no way you guys would like Martin Luther King if you didn't like Colin Kaepernick. So don't post these memes trying to act like you guys are all about Martin Luther King. You're just all about that one particular thing because it fits with what you're trying to say about protesting. Yeah. You don't care about him as a person and what he was about. And I just think it's very hypocritical. So I've, I've been calling people out on that. Uh, and I just wanted to, wanted to get your opinion on that. Do you think he would have even been liked today? by a lot of these people who are saying they're all about peace. You know, uh, 
man. You know, I, I think he, he's from a different generation of leadership, though. No, but I'm saying I if think, you take King and how he was back then, like prime Martin Luther King, and you drop him in today's society. But but that's the thing. As a as a leader, he got you to buy in the, with his talk. You know, you bought into his beliefs. No, he got the people so who I, were with I him I, to I, buy do, in. Do I, do I think he'd be hated by the government? Uh, possibly, sure, right. But do I think he'd be hated by the people? Not at all. You don't think all of these people would hate the people who hate Colin Kaepernick? You don't think they would hate Martin Luther King? No, he he was different, man. Oh man, he, he oh. was a, he was a he was a different type of leader. You know. He was, but the poll, his daughter, and I, I said it. The reason I said that is because his daughter had come out and said that, like, basically, y'all hated him when he was alive. Like, a poll, there was a poll showing that he was one of the most hated people in America. A lot of black people turned on him. That's the thing I, people don't realize either. Yeah, I think I think there was a, there was even reports that they didn't like him. His own family. I think they were, you know, once it started to leak about the extramarital affairs and stuff like that. I think. He started to have problems within his own household, but you know, I don't know. I think I think that's what what we lack is leadership. So I think just him as a leader, I I don't think he would be as hated by the people. Man, I um, I gotta disagree on that one because, like I said, I don't think Kaepernick was that wild. I think he, you know, taking a knee, asking you to stop killing black people, stop police brutality. I don't feel like he was demanding a lot in the backlash he caught. I think, but Kaepernick, I think Kaepernick cut his own throat though. I mean, it, I, a lot, I got a lot of problem with the Kaepernick thing, right? Cause I, I think Kaepernick just, if he would have did the same thing in a different venue, he would have been in a whole, it would have been a whole different response. But at the same time, when he did this, he made this very grand statement, but he let other people tell his story as opposed to him speaking out himself. He had the ability to step on that pedestal to be that leader, and he didn't. He didn't take that move. I think that's the thing with Kaepernick, though. He's not the speaker that Martin Luther King is. He's not that speaker. No, and I think he, that's he, why King would have been more dangerous in this society because he could right. speak, and I think that would have ruffled a lot of feathers. A lot of people wouldn't have liked it. But I think that's what they want, though. I, I think. I think, like I said, I think that's what the downfall of Kaepernick was. Is that no, we want people... this. Like people like me and maybe you. I don't know where you're at with it, but. <laughs> I know I would have wanted, I would have definitely welcomed Martin Luther King. I think all these protesters would have. But I think yeah. a lot of these racists who only oh, want yeah, to talk well, about yeah. Martin Luther King when it's about being peaceful and yeah, protesting racist. peacefully, the same people who said, who got mad at Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee, even though it was a peaceful protest, but now are getting mad because people are looting and they're like, why can't yeah. you protest peacefully? I think those people would have hated Martin Luther King because they wouldn't have been happy with any type of protest we did. I guess. Like, I mean, a race, a race is going to be a race. That's what I'm saying. But there's a lot of them yeah. out there. So I'm saying those people, not the people who are about change and want to see stuff change. Of course, I believe they would have been for Martin Luther King. I'm saying these people that I can't convince um, on Facebook about other things. Like when I'm trying to explain to them why we say black lives matter instead of all lives matter, which yeah, is one of the things that's like a pet peeve of mine. I don't know where you stand on that, but the black the people who who can't grasp the concept of why I say Black Lives Matter, and I have to explain to them, yes, we want all lives to matter, but I'm like, all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter, and I try to tell them, sure, 
tell me when Black Lives Matter started mattering so that these all lives matter that you claim. Like, just give me the year when Black Lives started to matter. And yeah. nobody can ever answer that for me. So that's when I'm like, all right, whatever. But, yeah, I, I just, I think King would have been a lot, a lot more worse. I said a hundred times worse than Kaepernick. Not worse as a person, but just the way he was perceived. I don't know, man. I'm on the fence on that one. Because, I mean, even in the, in the age of social media, he would have been 10 times larger than he was then. Yeah, I'm just saying the way he would have been yeah. viewed as a threat, though, to people who, because the government ultimately viewed him as a threat because his voice was so strong, they thought he could create change and overtake things and change the way that things were done. That's why they didn't like him. They knew what his voice could do. And I think when you see, when they see that type of power, it scares them. Mm, I guess. All right. Hopefully you're not going to hit me with all lives matter next. Nah. <laughs> nah. Sometimes I wonder about you, D'Angelo. I get worried because I know yeah. you play devil's advocate. And I'm like, that's why I want to have you on, too, because I'm like, all right, he's not going to agree with everything I say, but we're going to have a good dialogue because he's going to have not. his own opinion. I mean, some things, I mean, some things, though, I am a little more conscious about because, you know, people are really hurting about this. You know, the situation is definitely out of hand. There's way too many of us that are getting you know, killed by the hands of the law. You know, it's, it's one of those where these are the people you're supposed to trust to come save you in your time of need and help you out in your time of danger. And if you are terrified of them yourself, how can they be people that are trusted in your community? You know, so, you know, th- this one, this one is a little bit different. Yeah, you know, we talk about all lives matter. Sometimes people are just more sensitive on, um, on words, but this is an actual fear that's being brought up, you know, about the police officers and, and being stopped. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more conscious, I would say. Yeah. Know, I, people are really, people are really hurt. I think the problem is a lot of people don't want to listen. Like that's what, one of the things I was trying to say on Facebook is like, man, like if you're white, I understand you might not understand where we're coming from, but just listen to your black friends, man. Ask them about their fears and stuff they go through and just listen. Like don't try to challenge them. Just listen. You know, yeah. sometimes you might not understand it because you haven't been through it, but if, if they explain it to you well enough, you'll be like, all yeah. right, I get it. So that's all I tell people, man. Just listen to, to your friend's concerns. Like, You know, you, it's funny that you say that. Listen to you because at the same time where you see people say, you know, just listen to the people that are what they're trying to tell you, you have those same people on the other side that say, listen, I shouldn't have to explain it to you. I shouldn't have to explain the black struggle to you. No, nah, we do. Just, we do. You know, you, you know, there's, there are those people that say, I shouldn't have to explain to you. You should understand. Nah, man, because maybe it's just because I've, I've traveled to so many places and I have so many different friends of races, but I've been around so many, like, non-black people, and I can tell that I'm probably the one or one of the few black people they've had interactions with. Right. There's so they're not even... don't know. Yeah, they're not yeah. getting the black experience. They're not getting to hear our struggles, so... that's why i tell them i even tell them i'm like yo ask the black people that y'all know just about stuff that's going on you know try to learn more because i know they ain't really interacting with enough black people yeah but um you're just one of those people that that is okay with talking about it you know yeah because i understand though tired of being sick and tired but uh, they have to understand that there's so many white people in, in other races out here that don't know bro like black history isn't really taught in school like where are they gonna learn our struggle from if we're right. not telling them. Right. Like, people just got to be more understanding. Like, they, these white people 
these Hispanic people, whoever, Asian, they don't know everything. Like, we grew up with our parents instilling all this in us. And then we were around other black family members and friends. So we we had a crash course, you know? Right. They don't have that. So I just try to drop little gems and stuff and knowledge on them whenever I can with the understanding that, yo, they, I don't expect you to be on the same level as me because you didn't grow up the same way as me around the same people. Right. You know, it also takes a lot, uh, a different level of understanding as well because sometimes the conversations are so difficult. It, it really takes somebody who's willing to say, listen, I know you're uncomfortable talking about this, but I'm willing to listen without being offended. You know and, what I mean? And that's why I told everybody to watch the Become the Bridge uh, conversation yeah. between John Gray and Stephen Furtick because they talked about all of that, about Stephen Furtick was just vulnerable about how uncomfortable the conversation was, but it, that it needed to be had. It yeah. was, I'm telling you, it was one of the best conversations I've seen in a long time, man. I'll probably watch it again. It was that good. Right. I posted it on my Facebook. I've been trying to tell everybody I know to watch it. Oh, man. Stuff like that, I feel like, can go a long way in improving, you know, race relations in this country. Yeah. Uh, were you aware that yesterday was the 99th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre? Uh, Black mm -hmm. Wall Street? No, I did not know. Did you know, you know that story? No. Tulsa, Oklahoma, 99 years ago. So I believe it was 1921. Uh, there was a whole area called Black Wall Street where it was just, you know, black businesses. It was pretty, you know, successful people, a thriving area. Uh -huh. And there was a riot there by the white residents of that neighborhood, not necessarily the black neighborhood, but I guess the out outskirts. Oh, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, they yeah. burned the whole city down, uh, killed three over 300 people, over 600 injured. Uh, and it's known as the Tulsa Massacre. But when you hear people talk about Black Wall Street, that was over there. That was in there. So that's the yeah. 99th. Yesterday was the 99th anniversary of that. And that's another thing where it's just like people don't understand why we're, you know, so yeah. hurt and stuff. And you got to think about all this history we got. Because you know how many times people have told me, well, why can't black people do their own, start their own businesses and do that? Yeah. And it's like, bro, we had it. <laughs> and y'all burn it down. So. Right, <laughs> like we've we've done this stuff in the past, and then I, Shannon Sharp had a good uh, segment today on Undisputed with Skip, where he talked about all this stuff and how how black people are acting like this uh, with the rioting and all that because we learned it from uh, everybody else. Yeah, um, he had a really good quote. I forgot it though because um, I don't have my Facebook up right now, <laughs> but he had a really good quote about uh. We wanting to have a good America, but we got a bad America and it kind of affected us. Like we're not getting the America we, we want. We're not, I don't know. I don't want to mess it up. So I ain't going to say too much more about it. Uh, but y'all check out the Shannon Sharp is the, when he was talking about everything, I have it on my Insta story too. So if y'all follow me on Instagram, you'll see it on there. Mm. Um, I have a few more topics I want to get to. All Actually, right. No, I don't really. I have one more topic. I think I, Spoke on everything else. Yeah, man. Facebook. I haven't right. seen you on there too much lately. Yeah, like I said, I try to stay away. Like this one, this one's a little too heavy. You know, yeah. it, doesn't need, it doesn't need a little bit of any anti-rhetoric and stuff like that. So it feels like a nine to five job for me right now, man. Like just going on there and debating all the time. And yeah, it's I did 
I did post one today though that was an interesting. I didn't even uh, see it. An interesting thought. Uh, it was a meme, and it was a meme of an Instagram post where it said, "Telling a black man to respect police so they don't get killed is like telling a woman to dress appropriately so they don't get raped." You know. That... But who's telling us to dress appropriately? <laughs> Are people still you doing know... that? You know how you know how basically that was the whole idea of blaming the victim. You know how people were saying that well, if women didn't dress a certain way, that they wouldn't get raped. It's it's this kind of idea that yeah. people are taking on right now. If if well, if, if uh, black people just do what police tell them oh, to okay. do, they yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. Get, it's just, it's the same idea. So you know you know that's why that to me I was like that that was well written. I said you know telling a black man to respect the police so they don't get killed is like telling a woman. You know, to dress appropriately so they don't get raped. It's the it's the same idea there. You know, it should I shouldn't have to tell a police officer to respect me as a human. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. So real quick, the Shannon Sharp quote. I, I finally found it. He said, We've been asked to see the best of America while giving while giving the worst of America. And mm. uh, he was just talking about all the stuff that's happened in the past. But yeah, back to what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I seen that. I actually saw another video of a black dude in Minnesota. Apparently it was like a year old, but they just posted it where they basically showed the cops coming up to him, racially profiling him, saying, you know, we think you're a suspect, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, am I being detained? And they can't really answer that. And then finally they're like, you're under arrest. And he's like, why am I under arrest? And then they're like, you look like the suspect, blah, blah, blah. So then somebody's videotaping it the whole time. And he's just like, yelling at them like i'm not the suspect but you know he's not really violent he he resisted the arrest at the beginning a little bit because he just didn't know why he was under arrest but then mm -hmm. finally he's like all right well whatever once you go in my pocket you're gonna see that i'm not the guy you're looking for and then sure enough they pull out his id look at it and they they look so dumb at, like they're just like dang like that's not him and then they have to let him go and it's like sometimes you can't even like the way you're dressed has nothing to do with it bro they're just gonna right Sometimes you black, bro, you fit the description just by being black. But on Facebook, I'm I'm doing this new thing. Like I said, I had to delete Elvis. Oh, I blocked him. I guess I didn't delete him. I don't know. I don't know how the block really <laughs> works. I, I it says when you block him, you unfriend him. So I don't know if I unblock him, it, he comes he becomes my friend again. Uh but yeah. <laughs> I'm not really giving people a lot of chances anymore, man. Like yeah, I got in an argument with this one dude on Facebook today because uh, I was on the Steeler post and the lady said Black Lives Matter in this Steeler fan group. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Pittsburgh, but it's not really a Black Lives Matter place. <laughs> so she was met with a lot of resistance when she said that and I had to come to the rescue. So I, I you know, I come in there and I'm just going off like. No, Black Lives Matter. Like, y'all just ain't saying it because y'all don't care about black people, blah, blah, blah. So you're saying all this all lives matter. And there's one guy came on there. He's like, dude, all lives matter, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, man. Like, And I asked him the same question I said to you earlier, where it's like, tell me when black lives started mattering. And, of course, he couldn't answer it. And I finally was like, man, forget this guy. I deleted him. But then we went back and forth a little bit on the post because I deleted him as a friend, but we were still talking to each other on the post. And he's like, yeah, I'm half black. Like, I understand what it feels like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, you over here just trying to give me your stats, man. You think I'm impressed? Like, by Felicia. But then we kept going back and forth. And then finally, the conversation started to turn a little bit where it's like, 
dude, I've been through all this stuff. I'm just saying all lives matter because I want everybody, you know, be peaceful, blah, blah, blah. And I go and look at his page and, you know, he was posting like stuff that was for black people, like the protest thing, like, oh, you have a problem with, with, uh, this protest, the Kaepernick one, or which one do you want us to do? Oh no, you have a problem with the lootings, but which protest do you want? And they show like all the other peaceful protests that everybody hated, Kaepernick, Beyonce, Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot Jay-Z or whoever else, but a whole bunch of other ones that I can't breathe and all that. So I'm like, all right, man, he actually, maybe he just, you know, he feel like the all lives matter, but he ain't really one of them people who, who's saying it that they don't care about black people. So I actually yeah. apologized. We both kind of apologized to each other. And then I re-added him back. Cause I was like, that was, I was wrong in that one. Like I can admit yeah. when I'm wrong, but then I'm seeing a lot of other stuff on Facebook now where people are starting to like share these posts by, I guess, friends of friends of making all these racist statements, like calling black people gorillas and monkeys and N words and this and that. And I've gotten to the point where it's like, all right, every time y'all share one of these posts, I go and search the person who did the post, the racist post. And I got to see if they got mutual friends with me. And I'm like, (laughs) I made a post today on Facebook and I was like, bro, if I find any of these posts that y'all got, we're mutual friends. Either you're deleting them or either you're unfriending them or I'm unfriending you. But one of those two things is going to happen. Yeah. And that's just where I'm at now. Cause like I said, with, with all the racist stuff going on, if y'all ain't checking your friends, this stuff's going to become more of a problem. So if I know you're friends with somebody that's being racist out and open like that, and you ain't saying nothing to them, I got to let you go. Cause this is not, this ain't going to work, bro. You're part of the problem. Yeah, I, I've been. I just been staying a little clear of that social media stuff. I think I'm gonna stay clear soon too, because I'm supposed to start working in like another week. Oh, congratulations! Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. I ain't gonna put the job on here though, because don't need nobody <laughs> complaining to them. But uh, yeah, I am supposed to start working soon, so I think once I do that, I probably won't be on Facebook as much because right now I just got too much time on my hands. I have too much right. time to argue with everybody. But uh, shout out to unemployment too, man. They've been. They extended it, I guess. I got a little bit more money coming in now. Right. So, but yeah, I just wanted to say I'm not, I'm not going back and forth with you guys on Facebook. Not the racist one. I have had some good conversations with people who disagree with things I say over this last week, like some productive stuff. Uh, I, I got to stay away from the All Lives Matter posts because those are the ones that yeah. usually can get me to respond. That and the, the looting ones where the people who, who never said anything about George Floyd's death now have so much to say about the, the pro the looting and riots. Those bother me too. Cause it's like y'all acted like y'all was scared to talk before. And I understand. I know a lot of, I don't know if your wife has ever said this to you, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of white people don't say anything cause they're scared to like upset their family. So they don't <laughs> speak out in public cause their family or friends on Facebook they don't want them all attacking them, even though they probably believe the stuff we believe, but they don't want to say it in public because of the backlash. And I think that's... I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's... I don't think my wife talks about back. Not your backlash. wife, but I'm saying in general. Like, I think a lot of my friends that I see are not saying nothing. I think they're scared of their, their family and friends coming at them. Mm, I don't know I'm, your wife, so I don't know like what her know, family yeah. background is. Maybe, you know, y'all got a cool family that's down and not really 
you know, they might be down with y'all, but I know some of my friends, like, and I see it on the post. Like, when people post on Facebook and I'm reading the comments, they get attacked whenever they try to say something in support of black people. <laughs> That's crazy. Their friends and family be attacking them, man. And I'm just like, damn, bro, now I understand why y'all don't really want to speak up. But right, you kind of have to. Like, it's, it's a rock and a hard place. Like, you know, you, you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. You're going to upset somebody. We just got to, like you said, we got to be more comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations. You gotta have the, you gotta be comfortable with the, with the difficult conversation, or or be able to have it without without getting angry. And that's what I try to tell people when they was complaining about um, Colin Kaepernick's protest back in the day. I'm like, protest ain't supposed to make you comfortable. <laughs> like they're not supposed to be a protest that you like. It's supposed to be a protest to get your attention. Just like all these conversations right now, we're supposed to get y'all attention. Yeah, it ain't supposed to be comfortable. But I, I think if we can all sit down and have some dialogue, it'll help. Um, I think we had a great conversation today, tonight, I guess. Yeah, tonight. It's I knew, I, so, as soon as I saw the message from you, I said, yep, this stuff got his mouth watering, boy. You know, because I was ready to talk about it all weekend. <laughs> and then at first, I'm like, all right, I want to do it by myself. But then I'm like, man, I need another perspective. Like, yeah. I don't want to just come on here and talk. I need somebody else to go back and forth with. And I'm like the nope. is nope. perfect for this. Yeah. The the one thing that's that's hurting me about all of this is the media. The press coverage is the most dangerous part of it all. Oh, I think the press has made it worse, especially yeah. the 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 riots and all that. They're the worst part of it all because they are they're agenda based. Yeah. You know, I can't. You can't believe nothing you see on TV or nothing you read, and you can't believe it. And then you probably that's, got somebody at home. Watching all the violence going on in them protests, and now it makes them mad, and they want to go out tomorrow and do something crazy. Right. That's so dangerous. The press is so dangerous to me. I mean, the press has always been dangerous. It's just who's going to fall for it, which is normally the younger people, sadly. Uh, Yeah, I don't – I just say everybody watch what you're reading and watching, man. Just know that it's not always what it seems. Uh, I, I don't really have much else to say. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, man. I'm, you know, good show. All right. I appreciate it. How's your good podcast show. coming along? Is it? Listen, I was about to go out and start investing on this thing when everything started to close down. Was it was opening like, back a, up now? Yeah. You know, not, not where I'm going to get equipment, you know, because I'm, I'm affiliated with Guitar Center. So I was going to uh, get my equipment through there, you know, where I can get discount and all. But. You know, I, I'm not about to order it through Amazon when I got when I got the ability to get the hookups. Yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> well, keep me in the loop on your on the real talk from the cheap seats, man. Yeah, we, we trying to do a uh, we had an idea the other day on Facebook where Parrish had put a post up about who are the top ten rappers from uh, New York of all time, and we all were commenting. And LJ said we need to do an episode on that, and I'm like, yo. If I can get Domain in studio, if I can get, I told LJ, if I can get you and Domain in studio, I can probably call re- you and D'Angelo and Parrish. I was like, I can call you two on the phone and we yeah. can have that discussion. Yeah. Hey, I'm down with that. Top, top 10. I'm in that. Yeah. Cause everybody had like their own list, but I would love to discuss that. So hopefully in I'm the, in. in the future, I can get LJ over here. I mean, I've been trying to get Domain over here. That ain't worked yet. <laughs> he just had a baby too. So who knows if I get him over anytime soon, but. Right. 
No, nah, that's rough. Man, I appreciate you calling in today. No um, doubt. I didn't even have no sound effects. I've been trying to keep it light today for uh, George Floyd. So, yeah, I'm not even going to do sound effects. Right. <laughs> Normally you would be getting the clap right now, but I wanted, I wanted to do this episode in honor of him. Wanted to say rest in peace to George Floyd and my prayers up to his family, man. Yeah. Uh, I just I just hope, you know, man, I hope the people don't wreck this trial, you know. When things become public like this, it makes it hard to, you know, for a trial to commence because it's hard for jur- to find jurors who are impartial, stuff like that. You I'll, know? I'll tell so, you one thing. I pray for this country if somehow that man gets off because it's going to get ugly. It'll be yeah. Rodney King all over again. Yeah. I don't think Minneapolis is going to have any city left. Nah, like if if he don't get some type of years, it ain't like Florida where like George Zimmerman got off and we ain't really do nothing. Nah, people is fed up at this point. It's it's gonna be ugly if he gets off. Yeah. So I'm praying for justice, man, just for the sake of this country and for George Floyd's family, because they need it. Yeah. We need peaceful protests. So I I just implore everybody, man. And ask everybody to be peaceful out there. You can get your point across without breaking windows and, and stealing stuff. Right. But yeah, D'Angelo, I appreciate you coming on. I'm about to wrap this up. I'm going to play some music after after this. So I got some uh, Joy Denalane and uh, Lupe Fiasco. So it's like your That's Chicago boy. Sure. I don't know if you ever heard that song. It's called Change. No, I haven't heard it. Oh, it's an old song, but it's really good. It, it kind of uses that beat, the young Jeezy. What's that one with Jay Z? Uh, guess who's back? Is that what's it called? Oh yeah, guess who? Hmm. It's not guess who's back. That's the Scarface one. Hustlers go crazy. Yeah, that's a Jeezy song. Eh? But yeah, Jay Z on the remix. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this song kind of uses that beat, and it's Joy hmm. Denalane and uh, Lupe Fiasco. It's old though, but it's it's a real good song for the stuff we're going through right now. Right. So I'm gonna wrap up with that. But yeah, man, I will be calling you again in the future when I have some stuff to talk about. All right, that's what's <laughs> and I up. I appreciate be you being uh, available to chat. Yeah, I'll be ready. All right, man. Thank you for everything. No doubt. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. So that was my boy D'Angelo, man. Great conversation. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna end this show off with Joy Denelaine and uh. Lupe Fiasco, I'm not going to waste no more time. We're going to get right to it. It's called Change. And this was Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. See you guys later. L-U-P-E. Joy. Come on. Woo. There's so many things to say right now. I got so much on my mind. Look at what is going down. How much higher can we